Hey everybody, it's Robert Gowan, Mentors for Military, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Neal. How are you guys? So we're sitting out here in a lovely spot. I will tell you, it's really hot. So, um, but we're sitting out here at Warrior Training Center, the Army National Guard's uh, post that basically on uh, Fort Moore that allows them to do a bunch of different type of training. We're gonna dive into one piece of that, but I can't uh, go without at least introducing my guest here. So Corporal Shane. So yes. welcome uh, to the Mentors Military Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, did anybody ever tell you you look like Tom Cruise? No. No way. <laughs> I mean, you almost even laugh like you. Yeah. I'm telling you. I, My teeth are straighter. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but see, the camera makes up for that for him, I guess. Yeah. So. Um, so Corporal Shane actually went through the program that we're going to talk about. So many of you probably saw a uh, Instagram post that I had made of an individual that was a PFC yeah. from the Puerto Rican National Guard that came through a program directly out of OSET, uh, goes to like a pre-ranger course, then goes into, well, I guess it was like a pre-pre-ranger course, I think right. is what happens, right? Then they go to a pre-ranger course, then they end up, if they end up passing that, going on to, uh, to ranger school itself and getting tabbed, and in many cases after that, going to Airborne or Air Assault, Pathfinder, depending upon the state. And these guys go back to the unit fully kitted out i mean you know looking well that's corporal Lachane. so we're going to get a chance to not only hear uh, from somebody that actually went through the program and we're going to get into that more detail but um somebody who is now a cadre here and right. uh, was he your student yes uh they actually graduated airborne school today so they're oh. back in the barracks right now okay there was a graduate we drove by and that. saw people out there of course taking the photo yeah. up yeah. and the whole bit so yeah. we hadn't seen anything on his instagram yeah so i was wondering did he pass or what yeah they passed so we had four of them graduate uh june 23rd from ranger school we just sent them to airborne school they graduated today everybody but pfc toro is going to walk on the aerosol at the end of this month because guam or i'm um, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. They want him back. Okay. I'm so sure they're gonna they're gonna send him home, and then hopefully the next air assault course, he'll come out. And then we're actually we actually had two other students graduate Ranger School today. Wow, so that's fantastic. One uh, second lieutenant from New Jersey, and then another PFC. I can't remember which state he's from exactly, but they graduated Ranger School today. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what a great yeah. success story. But not only that, but you guys have one of the highest, and I don't know if it still is the highest rate in terms of um, if when, you're able to make it through a pre-ranger assessment, right. then you're you're correct. Good. So RTAC, they're a different entity on their own, but they have a very high success rate for the PRCs. Just explain, explain what RTAC is, just so that people okay. who are like fresh. Yeah. Okay, so RTAC is your ranger training assessment. It's the only one that the guard offers. It's specifically Generally, it was for guard, mm -hmm. um, but it also is going to accommodate soldiers that are here on Fort Moore, any other units that do not have their own PRC program. They're going to come through ours, mm -hmm. do that two weeks, make sure that they're qualified to go, and then walk over to Ranger School from there. So it's a pretty awesome program because they have a chance to go directly from the street all the way through this whole program and, uh, like we were talking about, go back and and uh, have all the the... the trinkets and everything that come along with that and such. But the programs that you guys offer here, like Air Assault School being right behind us, and we try to get a shot wide enough to where we could get the yeah. towers, but we got the roof line <laughs> and everything else, and we didn't want to be out in the sun because it's hot as hell. But um, you guys do the Air Assault right here, right? Correct, for the most part. They uh, normally do MTTs where they're traveling yeah. across the state and sometimes overseas to do those courses. Uh, 
they'll do maybe two to three home courses a year. Okay. So. And you guys, you guys get in guys not only from the National Guard, but all. All, all walks. All walks. Um, Air even, Force, yes. Marines, I mean, whatever uh, comes through here. I think yes. you guys actually, when I came and taped the show a year or so, two years ago, you actually had uh, one of the first um, Space Rangers uh, come through here. Yes. From the <laughs> yes. We've had a few other uh, Space Force Intergalactic yes. Rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they, show so up. they earned the, the helmet and a pick a color? Uh, I don't know what happened to them after the first couple days. Yeah, so. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just uh, <laughs> that whole thing about, you know, everybody used to joke, oh, one day there's going to be uh, Space Rangers, yeah. and yet here, here they here are. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so let's get into the actual, if I'm in the National Guard and I sign up and I'm listening to this, how do I... How do I get into this program? How does that work? All right, so right now it's kind of difficult because most states, the recruiters don't really know about the program. It's kind of been a, a small secret, so to say, as it's still developing. Uh, pretty much is, it's one of those things where as long as you're an 11 Bravo or you're a 19 series since it's here on Fort Moore, if you are physically fit and you qualify within your MOS during that OSIT training, mm -hmm. Our recruiter, we have a full-time recruiter, his name is Lieutenant Mills. He goes to each and every training company mm. and looks for all those National Guard kids. Um, sometimes he'll start out from 30th AG to identify them early on, but he'll do it as soon as he can. He'll identify those soldiers, be like, hey, do you want to do this? It's a volunteer program only. I'll come back and check on you in later date. As long as you pass, you know, your fitness capabilities, stuff like that. As long as that is good to go and your state says yes, we'll bring you over. So it's it's pretty much if your recruiter doesn't know about it, then you'll get a briefing when you get the 30th AG. So the the state has to agree to the funding to support it, correct? Or how does that work in terms of the funding? No. This may not be a for some of the listeners it may not matter, but it's it's maybe an important aspect. Right. Here. So who who pays for it? So a little backstory on how RTLI was created. So everyone's familiar with Mr. Cider, right? He created this place out of a back of a pickup truck in 1994. First PRC, back of the pickup truck. And then officially, Warrior Training Center was established in around 2003, and then all the other POIs started adding on. 2017, Mr. Sider went up to NGB and briefed his proposal for RTLI. And the reason why he did that was because he was looking around the guard and he saw a lack of junior enlisted soldiers that were ranger qualified. Mm. Traditionally, it was always your officers that would go to ranger school right after their eye bullock pipeline, or so to say. So he came up with this idea, we're gonna identify these guys fresh out of OSIT, and we're gonna give them the opportunity, train them up, send them to RTAC and then ranger school so we can produce more enlisted ranger qualified guys, because normally when you get to your unit, a lot of your ranger tab dudes are gonna be from active duty. They're gonna be prior active duty guys. So there's not a whole lot of us traditional guardsmen that went to ranger school in that pipeline, so to say, without being active duty. So he briefed it, NGB loved it. So in late 2018, they started up the program, see how it was gonna go. Four OSIT soldiers, the first RTLI, RTAC ranger school, is funded by NGB and they will fund one recycle. Anything after that, say the soldier recycles two or three more times, then it falls onto the state to pick up that bill. Okay. But the first whole portion of it 
NGB funds. How many billets then do you get per year? So like if I'm coming here, there's only so many slots that you're able to bring in from the OSITs that's here? Or? Oh no, um, the program has grown tremendously within the last couple years. When I got here of March, excuse me, in March of 22, we were having about maybe 10 to 15 soldiers per class. And Lieutenant Mills relieved the prior recruiter and he just started hitting it hard and our numbers jumped up to almost 54 soldiers per wow. class. Wow. So National Guard Bureau is not saying like, hey, you got to put the brakes on it. We're no. only, really, that's great. No. You know. Because the number of students that we have that would be training isn't always going to be your number of students moving forward to RTAC yeah. or moving on the Ranger School, so yeah. to say. And traditionally, this program was started for OSIT, excuse me, OSIT soldiers. But we have it opened up to Air Force, um, active duty Army, and anybody that basically goes through RTAC and doesn't quite successfully complete RTAC, the cadre members will reach out to us and be like, hey, you know, this guy, he's, he seems like a quality dude. He just needs more training. Can he come down to you? We're like, okay, cool. We'll train him up for two to three weeks or however long he needs until the next RTAC class. And then we'll send them back to RTAC. Mm -hmm. We also have a lot of A Bullock and I Bullock officers for the guard coming through RTLI to get extra training before they go to RTAC as a courtesy of, hey, do you want to get a little bit more out of this before you go? And then same thing, if they are you know, unsuccessful at RTAC their first time, we give them the opportunity to come back to RTLI and then go back to RTAC. So, How many weeks is RTAC? RTAC is two weeks. RTLI before? RTLI, it varies. So okay. we are in POI all year round. Okay. It's not an ATARS course yet. Hopefully it will be in the future. We are constantly rolling through. So traditionally we're getting new students every Thursday and Friday because there's so many training companies on Sand Hill and Harmony Church that they're just always coming and on top of iBullock as well. So it, depending on the time of year, the course could be 21 days or say as we get closer to holiday block leave, that course is going to be 84 days long mm. okay. or 57 days long. Wow. Okay. And we do our best to align our course with RTAC because they align it with Ranger School. Yeah. So RTLI, would you say, is a lot more to um, take, uh, especially young officers or enlisted, and get them more ready and acclimated for more senior leadership type of roles or functions? Is that the role, or tell us what RTLI really is? RTLI, they do get a taste of a little bit of a leadership experience while they're in the program because mm -hmm. we assign team leaders, squad leaders, you have your class leader and so on. So they do get that little bit of experience. We give them the guidance of, hey, this is what you need to complete. This is how it needs to be done. All right, let's see if they can go out and execute it. But for us, RTLI, we focus on the RAP Week events. So we focus on Land Nav, your Ranger Task Training events, um, physical events, and then we do an O-Course familiarization at the end of the uh, the course. So we're, we're solely focusing on those RAP Week events, and then as they move on to RTAC, that's where RTAC prepares them for Darby phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. So um, those two weeks and stuff that's more of the preparation, that's where you guys are having the greatest success and doing a lot more of the, you know, 
identifying who's going to be able to make it into ranger school or make it successfully through there. You're kind of doing more of the screening to identify whether these guys are really going to be able to cut the mustard, so to speak. Yeah, so to speak. As soon as they come to us, we immediately start keeping stats on them. So for, it's from, from day all one. all the events. Right. From day you. one. Okay. So we, we do our best. We work out with them twice a day. Hmm. We get very uh, in-depth when it comes to land nav, a lot of practical exercises, a lot of classroom exercises, uh, very in-depth with the Ranger Task training events. Uh, so we really, it, it's, it's really repetitive, but we're building that baseline and that muscle memory for like, hey man, you, you don't know what it's like to be tired yet, mm -hmm. but you're about to find out. Mm -hmm. As yeah. long as you have the drive and the self-discipline to continue to teach yourself and get good at what's in front of you, it doesn't matter if you're tired, you're gonna be able to go out and execute it. Yeah, yeah. So it gets very repetitive on what we do for that rap week, so to say. But um, let me see if I understand this correctly though. If I signed up on ATARS and I'm active duty or whatever, and I come here, it's only the RTAC. It's not the RTLI. Correct. So RTLI is not a program for record yet. That's one of Mr. Sider's long-term goals for the program as it continues to grow. Uh, so they'll sign up for RTAC and I've had three or four guys this last class that were from Germany and uh, one guy from uh, Active Duty Air Force. They were hard slotted for RTAC. They didn't really meet the standard, but it was cheaper for them to stay here than it was to fly back to Germany and then try to come back at a later date. So they got to get some more training in, go back to RTAC, and then they're getting ready to report to Ranger School on Sunday because RTAC finished today as well. Okay, nice. so um, in the case of those guys that are coming off active duty and coming in, most of them have probably gone through a pre-Ranger in their unit prior to coming here, or is this it? So what do you find? Each. For the most part, each unit's gonna have their own uh, pre-ranger or they're gonna have some kind of assessment in order to be like, all right, we you know verified you're fit enough and you can do these capabilities, we'll let you go to ranger school. Others, just send them straight here. Uh, RTAC is one of the best PRC courses that the Army has because we're so close to 4th RTB that all the RTAC instructors are RITEP certified. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the only PRCs in the Army that's actually certified from Ranger School to teach. Nice. All the other courses kind of just, hey, you have a Ranger tab, this is what they teach, let's go out and execute that. Yeah. Right? But they actually have the certification saying we are certified from 4th RT. Well, and because you're so close, yeah. you have the opportunity to like get the feedback, yep, what's yeah. good, what's not, yep. incorporate that into your program. So you you helping these guys with like the... Not necessarily the physical or the mental stuff, but just like the, the packing list. Yes. This is what you need to expect from that. Like, yes. Don't take this type of compass or don't take this type of protractor. Take this type. Correct. These yes. map markers work best in this situation. You guys are given that tribal knowledge. Yep. That kind of stuff that you're only ever going to learn when you're fucking super tired in the middle of the mountains yeah. in Dahlonega. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, um, and I'm probably going to say this backwards because I'm dyslexic, but it's a really good... Um, teach coach and mentor program mm -hmm. yeah. we we set them up for success as best as we can and it's one of those things that I tell them like hey I can't make you successful but I can give you the tools sure. for you to do it yourself yeah. so we'll we'll take them over to commandos two to three times of course yeah. help them get their packing list we'll do layouts with them make sure that everything is squared away mm -hmm. before we send them over to RTAC and 
once we hand them over to RTAC, we've done everything we can, and then it's RTAC on for them. So to me, this mimics a whole lot of like how the officer program was set up. Yeah. If you're going in infantry as an officer, you're already pretty much in line um, to go through some kind of pre-ranger and then ranger school and airborne right. and all that because they want you to be successful and want you to have kind of that path or some of them got a airborne and ROTC or at the academy right. and uh, stuff like that or air assault even. But um, the fact that he decided to do the mimic the exact same thing uh, because he didn't see the opportunity or he didn't see too many people out there with a tab mm -hmm. um, as NCOs especially is really brilliant. You know, Kyle and I were talking about that on our way here about how why doesn't Big Army embrace something like that a whole lot more specifically for those critical MOSs mm -hmm. where I think we need that type of training, right. you know, Ranger School as it is. Right. It's, uh, it's definitely a great program as of today. Since RTLI first stood up, we've had 101 pure OSIT Ranger graduates and 71 non-OSIT graduates that have gone through this program and have been successful. Whether that's making it straight through Ranger School or recycling a few times, but they have made it. And that's the numbers that we have as of today. I mean, the guy that just made it through that uh, we were talking about earlier in the show is a PFC. Yes. But he, he didn't just make it. He took honor grad. Yeah. That's not easy to do at right. that rank yeah. in ranger school. Uh, yeah. First time go. Yeah. Everything. I'm sure he had some some West Pointers looking at him like he had a horn growing out of the front of his head. Like. Yeah. Those West Pointers are a different breed when you're in ranger school. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. That is for sure. <laughs> so I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. That's very impressive. Is that the only one that you guys have had? That honor grad. Yes. Okay. Since I've been here, he is the first honor grad student that I've had yeah. for ranger school. That's got to make you super proud, like a dad or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> almost old enough to be their dad. But, yeah. like, it's uh, it's very rewarding because at first I didn't really understand what it was like being that student and graduating. Like, I had a good relationship with my instructors when, when they were here at the time. Sure. But now being on the other end, I was like, you know, it's really awesome to see all the work that you put into these soldiers mm -hmm. and that – they take it and they run with it and that's your finished product. Yeah. You see them be successful yeah. and it's awesome because that was me only a couple of years ago. Right, right. And and that's the best feeling is I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job and I'm, I'm creating a good product to send back to the Army. Yeah. And there's no better feeling than that. Well, the flip side of that though, if I was a student and I knew that about you and that's something that you may have mentioned is, listen, if you follow, you listen, you pay attention, you do what we're talking about, I'm a product of yeah. the program. Yep. So I'm standing in front of you trying to give you the tips that right. you need to be successful right. uh, as you move forward. That, that to me is powerful because then it's, all right, been there, done that. Right. That's be no do, right? Right. That's exactly what that yeah. is. That's be no do. It's, uh, it, it's pretty good. I'm very passionate about the program because I had great success. My, my former instructors left such a huge impact on me. Yeah. And I wanted to bring that back and help this program grow. We also hired one of our former students from a couple months ago that made it through Ranger School. We liked him so much, so now he works with us as well. So you have two guys that are the instructors that went through this program, and now they're giving back to it, That's and awesome. It, it's awesome. Yeah. No, I can definitely see that. And as time goes on, I can see where that could even get bigger and bigger. Now, what yeah. about the officers? Any of the officers gone through, come back, and been 
in some role here as well, full-time or? Yeah, so actually my OIC that I have now, he just got on ground not too long ago. He uh, he went through RTAC, didn't make it his first try. He went through RTLI, I think it was for about a week or two, retrained up, went back to RTAC. And then he spent a little time in Ranger School. So, I mean, technically he's an alumni yeah. of RTLI as well. Yeah. Now, that great success story is when we actually posted this the first time, or at least about what you guys have going on mm -hmm. here a couple of years ago, there were many, many people mm -hmm. that talked about this this area right here that we're sitting in and what you guys do to help soldiers, and many of them are alumni just of this whole program, whether it was Air Assault, yep. whether it was Master Gunner, whether it was getting Ranger Pre, you know, and everything everything that went into this whole thing, you guys have had a lot of uh, great success, and, yeah. you know, people singing your praises. Yeah, you know, um, Mr. Sider has definitely done a lot for the Guard. Mm -hmm. He uh, He's a great man for that, and, and it's true that the Guard does lack on properly training soldiers and sending them to the same schools that active duty goes through. And, and he is bridging that gap. He is bridging that gap to where more guard soldiers are getting their schools. They're earning those skill badges and things like that. So it's, it's awesome to see someone actually trying to make a difference within the guard community. What do you say to those people who might be listening to this about ready to go from the guard into OSED who may run in to your LT and uh, get the opportunity <laughs> to have this conversation? What do you say to them? So it, I would say to them, if this is something that you really want, do your research on Ranger School so you fully understand what it's like. Yep. A lot of the kids, they think, oh, Ranger School, you know, I, I've always wanted that my whole life, but they don't understand what it is or, or what they're going to get themselves into. The other thing is you got to be prepared to stay away from home for more than six months. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, one of the biggest issues that we face right now with soldiers coming out of OSIT. Is, is mama calling back and saying, they, they miss home. Well, job too, right? Because yeah. I mean, many of them may have yeah. taken a break to go off to basic and AIT, mm -hmm. or in this case, one right. station unit training. That might be three months, but six months. Yep. And if they actually don't make it through first pass mm -hmm. and get recycled, it might turn into seven, yeah. eight. Um, I mean, the good thing is if you're on federal orders, they can't fire you for up to five years. The only issue is we have to constantly send those orders to your employer being like hey you know johnny recycled again here's another extension you know so he'll be back at some point but yeah it's just it's the issue of them being away from home for so long that mm -hmm. they get homesick and they're able to have their phones every night after you know poi is done like that so they get that taste of what home is like again and what's going on in the real world that they're like i miss it you know or my my girlfriend might be with my best friend or something like that. So they, they feel like they need to go home. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, Johnny's got your girl. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Jody's it, still around. Jody, man? yeah, Jody. Yeah. Jody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's rough. <laughs> so, uh, all right, give me a little secret here. Is it better than to go through this part of the pro uh, program, say right before the break of uh, winter break and then come back and go to Ranger School January? Or what's the, uh, is there a good time to to come through this? So you if may you get a break. If, yeah, if you had to do it, you know all the inside yeah. info. <laughs> if I had to do it again, I wouldn't change anything, honestly, because I graduated OSA in May mm -hmm. of 2020 and then I, I rolled straight into RTLI. Jesus, bro. And then, hey, I, I preferred it. You're a COVID ranger? I am a COVID ranger. Nice. So <laughs> I was I was in OSA when COVID happened. Okay. And that was Weird. not fun wearing neck gaiters here mm -hmm. in the summertime. That was horrible. 
But I prefer the heat mm -hmm. over anything. Yeah, yeah you, me too. you can keep the snow and the cold. Yeah. I'd rather be hot, sweaty, and miserable. So, I mean, I was in Darby during the 4th of July, and I would rather go through the summertime time after time and again. Mm. Don't yeah. want to be a white thread ranger, a winter ranger? Ah, it's all the same. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You're, you're either going to be cold or you're going to be hot, but at the end of the day, your tab is the same. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Very, very true. Absolutely true. Yeah. Um, what other tips uh, can you give somebody uh, prior to coming here or anything that you would say that we haven't covered that we probably should talk about? Honestly, it's, it's one of those things where you got to have that mental fortitude. You know, you got you to gotta mentally prepare yourself that you're going to challenge yourself every single day. You're going to be away from home. You're going to face those struggles. You also got to make sure that you're physically fit. I was going to another thing I was going to ask you. So should they start something before they get to OSIT? And what would that be that you would recommend? I would say yes, but also no, because whatever you start... May get torn down a little bit. It's going to get modified. It's going to get modified, and you're going to lose it while you're in OSIT, because now you're yeah. on the Army's training plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to see weights until maybe, you know, towards the end of OSIT, or not even at all. So you'd say, like, body weight exercises for prep. Yeah. And run. Yeah. I mean, hey, those put something guys heavy in, on your back get, and yeah. walk, for, get the basics. walk for two hours and then come back. Yeah. Right. Those guys in prison, they, they yeah. don't have any weights or anything, but they, they're able to work out. So that's the same thing I tell them. Do a prison workout. Push up, sit ups, do some pull ups. Your body weight's fine. We got to work on that endurance. So you got to make sure that you can run and rock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're not good at push ups, we will get you there. We will teach you the proper form and we will get you there. Yeah, I've heard the same thing for those who came in under the 18 x-ray program and end up going to OSIT mm -hmm. and then, you know, directly into their pre-course and all of that kind of stuff. So if they ended up getting involved in some kind of, there's all kinds of civilian programs out there to get you ready yeah. type of thing. And so they spend their money and mm -hmm. they go through these programs and the reality is you may do too much and then you're, you're like you're talking about, you're going to lose maybe yeah. whatever mass you had and everything yep. else because you're gonna be working different muscle groups in OSIT than perhaps what you're gonna be trying to teach them before they go right. to ranger school. Right, I mean, you know, for example, myself, I was a CrossFitter before I had joined the Army, and I had lost all of it once I was in OSIT, but I was still above the Army standard of fitness, even though I had lost all of my progress, I was still fit enough to accomplish what needed to be done. Yeah. But I did see that huge change in my performance in my body also the the lack of nutrition as well right so it's a it's a huge difference so you're national guard title 10 which means you're on active duty you got all the rights of uh, retirement and everything because you're earning federal um retirement Correct. capabilities and stuff and if somebody comes to this program is that an opportunity then to even be like you like you had just mentioned that you pulled somebody from is that an option if, oh, if yeah. they're entertained okay oh yeah. yeah um it's a little hard if they're a ranger graduate right away and they want to come back and work here you know it's like hey I, you know thank you for giving me the opportunity to go to ranger school but i, I want to go work there now and it's like well you, you got to spend some time in your unit so depending on how far away you are from your unit they might say yes they might say no because they're going to want you to drill mm -hmm. they want to see what you can do now that you yeah. made yeah. it through they want the tab back in there yeah, back in yeah. Their yeah. exactly like the pfc that just yeah. took honor grad yeah like Come on back. Yeah, that's yep. fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got a plaque for you back here. Come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. So the other thing is we were talking about the PFC that recently graduated, and there are a number of those, but this guy just took honor grad and the whole bit. So it's something that at least 
for this episode has been more recent of our posts, but you were just describing about somebody that just went through Pathfinder. Correct. Correct. So tell us about what that rank guy. was he? So he was a PFC, PFC Norian. He's from uh, Massachusetts Guard. He was one of my uh, previous Ranger grad students a couple months ago. We sent him to Airborne School right after Ranger School, and then Pathfinder just happened to line up, and we walked him on the Pathfinder School since we do it here, and he made it straight through. Wow. As a PFC. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, there's There's been other success stories. We've had guys that have pretty much done the whole trifecta, you know, Ranger, Airborne, Aerosault, Pathfinder, R-Slick, and all that before they even get back to their unit. As long as those courses line up and you're not sitting here for too long, they make it happen. You guys do EIB quality? Um, no, I got EIB here a couple months ago with 375. Okay, so nice. They had, a, they had a couple slots, so I was That's able to walk on. That's a hell of an on. EIB to go through. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know you'd met the standard. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, for sure. That was a, that was a fun time. Yeah. So what's your background? Uh, tell us a bit about how you started off getting into the Army and the whole bit, and then how you just ultimately ended up here as well. Oh, man. So uh, I normally don't like to talk about my story too much because, uh, you know, everyone looks at me and they see the corporal rank and they see a Ranger tab, and the, the first two things they ask me is, did you get a DUI? or did you punch somebody in the face? Yeah. They're like, all right, you look way too old to be a corporal. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But then I'm like, it's the guard, all right? And they're like, oh, okay. But no, for me, um, originally I was supposed to enlist in 2010 after I had graduated high school, but I was a horrible kid growing up, daddy issues. I got in trouble my sophomore year of high school. I got arrested on a misdemeanor and I got kicked out of my high school because I was already a truant so I ended up having to go to county school for a year and once I was able to uh, go back to my traditional high school I graduated on time I sealed my juvenile record and I go to enlist in 2010 and the army's like hey you have too many tattoos you have a juvenile record uh, record excuse me and we're downsizing so sorry Charlie and I'm like no, this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. Like, I'm not a bad person. I sealed my record. You know, it was just one little incident. So I wrote to my local congressman at the time. And I was like, I'll write to him. They would be more than happy to help me out. So local congressman helps me out. Secretary of the Army writes back. And they're like, hey, you know, what you did was considered a major misconduct. You have to wait a total of five years for this to be cleared. Wow. You come back with this piece of paper and... As long as you're still healthy, you pass the ASVAB and everything else, you can enlist. And I was like, okay, cool. So I came back five years later and I'm like, let's do this. I'm ready to go. Take the ASVAB again. And my recruiter at the time was getting out. So I was like, all right, this dude is not going to help me. And I had an interview with the recruiting XO and he's like, you know what, man, I get it. You're, you're not a bad dude. You, you know, you were just a kid doing dumb things like, I'll sign off on it. Well, his commander was like, no. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? All of my friends, my best friends are all deploying. They're all doing what I've wanted to do. And here I am not contributing. I tried every single branch. Everybody said no. And I was like, this is, this is it. Like now I'm going to have to go and just work a normal job and be a part of the rat race. 
So I did, and I had a really great job. I had a home. I was set for life, but I still had this what if in the back of my head. Sure. I was like, I'm 28 years old. I can still go. I'll give it one more try. So I went to the National Guard recruiter. Um, Sergeant Chang was my recruiter at the time, and I got in in a week. I got in in a week. All I had to do was write out a MFR of, hey, this is what happened. This is what I did after. I learned my lesson, and I was good to go. And my recruiter was like, why didn't you come to me sooner? I could have got you in years ago. <laughs> and I was like, I tried. They said no. Wow. When did, you, when did you try to join the first time? 2009, 2010? 2010. All right, so I joined in 2009. Yeah. Kid in my basic training class signed up through National Guard, yeah. active, active first. Got like 40 grand for a bonus. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you should have went to the Na National Guard first. Like I they, should have. Them dudes were putting people in in that time frame. Yeah. Like, well, that the National Guard recruiter at the time had turned me away. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I thought it was it. I thought it was it. And so then, is the lesson here to drive down the road, go see another National Guard recruiter? Is it, you well, know, like the first answer. Go town over. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you're probably going to blurp this out, but that recruiter that I saw at the time ended up actually getting discharged for sexual harassment and um, all that. So maybe maybe that's why he didn't want to help me out, because he was preoccupied with something else. Yeah. But he didn't last very long. And then the recruiter that I did have, Sergeant Chang, which is he was – an awesome recruiter. He worked so hard for me that when I graduated Ranger School, he was he was so you know aesthetic because I was the first ever pure OSIT soldier to go back to California at the time with a Ranger tab. So he was so excited. He called me up. He's like, "Hey man, because of you and your success, I got an award and I got promoted to Sergeant First Class." Wow. That's cool. And I was like, "Hey, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in the Army." So I was like, "I think that's a pretty." pretty good trade you yeah. know so i enlisted in uh 2019 and uh i shipped off to osa in november and i had heard about rtli from a prior friend who's a guard recruiter out of south carolina so i i told my recruiter at the time i was like hey i, I want to do this program and he's like i don't know what you're talking about and i was like no 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 there's this program that the national guard offers i want this i want to go to ranger school and he's like, I, 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 nobody knows. So I did my own research. I ended up getting a hold of the OIC at the time. Oh my gosh. And I was like, hey, sir, you know, I'm Fuzzy Lashane. I want to come to your program after OSIT. And he was like, okay, cool. They came and did their briefing when I was at uh, Sand Hill. And I ended up over at RTLI right after that. And then straight to RTAC and then straight through Ranger School. Wow. So, and then you come back, how, did you end up here right away? No, yeah. no. So I graduated Ranger School uh, in August of 2020. And originally I was supposed to go back to California. But while I was here during airborne school, I was like, you know, I've lived in California my whole life. I want to live somewhere different. So I decided to move in IST to Colorado. So I was a jerk. You know, California helped enlist me and send me through Ranger School and everything. And I never even checked into the unit. Mm. I IST to Colorado and I joined the first of the 157th over there. And once I started joining with them, I got picked up on the honor guard team for the MFH program. What is that? It's a uh, military funeral honors. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So each state has their own, um, M excuse me, MFH, MFH program. Okay. So they do all the veteran funerals 
traditionally, they'll do everything below a retiree because active duty will ca uh, carry okay. on and right. take over the full honors, so to say. So I started out doing that as a, as a team member, and uh, I worked my way up to a area coordinator for one of the teams because there was three teams in Colorado at the time. Mm -hmm. and the funding was just so bad that they only had three teams that they can afford. So I became a area coordinator for uh, Team 2, and we covered Colorado Springs all the way south and uh, west of uh, Colorado Springs. So I, I was doing that, and then I ended up moving into the lead area coordinator. So I was in charge of all three teams, the full-time personnel, the part-time personnel. I had to coordinate all the funerals with the funeral homes. I had to take care of the training. I had to do all the scheduling, making sure that we were able to meet all of these funerals and make sure that we didn't kick any back. And we were doing over a hundred a month. We oh had we had three teams and we were less than 12 people for the total of those three teams that were full time. Wow. Covering the entire state of Colorado. Mm. And we were literally doing anywhere from 10 to 20 a day, seven days a week. Wow. Brutal. It was it was brutal, but it was one of the most rewarding jobs oh, that absolutely. I have ever experienced yeah, at yeah. the time. Um, and I really enjoyed it in the beginning. It, it meant a lot to me being able to give back and make sure that I did my best to fold that flag and leave a you know everlasting impression on those family members. Sure. And then it started to get rough when you started doing it for someone you knew. Yeah. Or having to give a flag to a three-year-old you know daughter and the widow yeah it, it was it was tough um, especially doing it for people that were in your battalion and it, it just got to the point where I was like I don't I don't know if I can continue to, to do this for another year or two it, it really started to take a toll on my mental health so at that point I reached out to my old instructor that was here and I was like hey I want to I want to come back and work and he's like all right, cool. I'll, I'll call Mr. Sider and we'll get the green light. So it, it took about uh, nine months for it to actually go through, and I was doing honor guard while I was waiting to come here, and, and then I immediately PCS'd here in uh, March of 22. Wow. Nice. What a great story, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, all the adversity, everything that you went through, you never gave up. Right. And, I mean, that's something that we, uh, we preach a lot and a lot of the things that we talk about, especially going up to get to ranger school or going into a mm -hmm. soft like ranger regiment or something like that just never quit yeah. never self-select and yeah. at that point you you had a mission you were on a mission yeah you had an objective of something that you wanted to do and you just ended up seeing it through now getting here was a different story because it was a little bit of you know yeah hey this is my next step my next journey yeah. but everything else as far as like your high school the, yeah. the challenges that you yeah. had not giving up deciding to go in that's, I mean, that's huge that's, that's yeah. Big. yeah yeah and, you know um the challenges that like I face, you know, going through just growing within the, the guard and trying to progress myself, it's it's no different than being a civilian on, on the civilian side. It's right. like, you know, I was in that rat race. I was working 80, 90 hours a week, paying a mortgage and just trying to get by. And, you know, things happen that are out of your control. And it's like, well, I, you know, I still got to go to work. It's no different than putting on a uniform every day and dealing yeah. with the challenges that we face. So. I think having that life experience already, you know, being 28 years old and more mature than most of the guys, like I was one of the oldest ones in uh, my OSET class, that it gave me that advantage. I don't know if I would have been as, uh, as successful if I would have went in in 2010 like I originally wanted to. Yeah, good point. You know, yeah. but it, it's one of those, the what if, like, do you wait? My life would have went this way or that way. And, 
you know, even though it sucked at the time getting to where I want to be now, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Because it shaped me to who I am now. Yeah. And I can't be mad about it. Yeah. No, not at all. Well, and you got a great uh, location here and what you guys are yeah. trying to accomplish like we talked about. Um, but Corporal Shane, I just appreciate you uh, and this program allowing us to come here oh, yeah, and absolutely. take this show this and talk more about you know the types of programs that are available here where you specifically went through and yeah. what the uh what's available for those who are going through osit and uh really do appreciate it man. no i appreciate you guys uh coming out yeah man it's been awesome thanks corporal appreciate thank you it.